Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It is noon here on a Friday, and joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, this is like this is one of the few guests that we had to determine what sport we wanted to talk about first with them joining us. Dave Pash is joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. We can go in like 50 different directions here. Crazy. Dave, what's going on? Well, Wolf needs to buy me lunch. I think that's what this is really all about with all the, the, the phone calls to come on the show and talk about whatever. Yes, I mean, it's just, David. Wolf, lunch has to be on the line here or something. Yes, I, David, I, I'm definitely going to do that right now, but I have to ask you this. I have to start Doesn't sound here. like it when you say it yes, like that. No, I mean it. I will. I'll get him lunch, il bejado. Um How's your bracket? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I stopped doing that a while ago, Wolf, because I was awful. It got destroyed by the end of the first weekend every single year. And why do you and think that is, David? Because nobody knows what's going to happen. You have no idea. That's it's, a great thing. I mean, you could take an educated guess on some teams, but if they get a matchup that isn't favorable... Uh, and you've got that team in the final four, but somehow, you know, they play a team in the first round that really is not suitable to, uh, an early game in the tournament based on how they play and you get knocked off, your, your whole bracket's ruined. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to forget it. There's too much angst involved. I get too stressed about it. Let me just enjoy the games. Like that game last night, a UCLA Gonzaga game was just sensational. And imagine yes. if, you know, you had UCLA, uh, winning the championship or something or Gonzaga. You know, you're stressed out. You're not enjoying it. And so this way I can just have fun and relax. I mean, I, I just did a bracket with my family. I mean, when you get to the point where you're doing a bracket with your wife and kids who, who know less about you do, yet they beat you every year, you know it's time to stop. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, role. that's so good. Uh, okay, you mentioned the game last night. I mean, we're down to 12 teams. You, you've you called a lot of games uh, around the, uh, the, the nation this year with college basketball. Do any of these last 12 teams really stand out to you? Well, I think Creighton has a real chance. They're healthy now. There was a point in the season. I had them against Texas, and then I did uh, radio during the first two rounds in Denver, so I got to see them a few times. Their hole right now, I think that's a dangerous team. I really do. Um, I think Alabama, for obvious reasons, can win the whole thing. Gonzaga offensively is good enough. I'm not sure about their defense, although that second-half defensive performance yesterday was outstanding. It tells you why Mark Fuse, a Hall of Fame coach, should already be in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure there's going to be a surprise team in the Final Four. It feels like every year there's a team that's, you know, and maybe it's Florida Atlantic, you know, the way they're rolling. You get hot. Um, you know, Houston, if you're telling me Sasser's 100%, you know, even though there are some people that think they might get upset, I, I still could see them. Uh, getting all the way to the championship. So uh, it's a unique year where I think the Big 12 is the best conference. I think we, we saw that during the uh, the regular season. Yet it's alleged best team, Kansas, is out. And you still have Texas. You still have K-State. Um, so I, like you guys, I, I'm just as curious to see what's going to happen these games today. You know, imagine if we have more upsets tonight and we're looking at Elite eight games where, you know, we have an eight seed, a nine seed, you know, a six uh, in the final four. I think it could happen. 
David, uh, BPI has Houston winning the whole thing. And, of course, I go straight BPI in all of my brackets. Don't want to do that? Tell me why that's <laughs> not going to happen. Tell me why, if you were going to be contrary to what the BPI is saying, tell me why. Well, like I just said, well, if, if Sasser's healthy, they certainly can. I'm not sure, you know, if they play in Alabama – um, that can go toe-to-toe with them defensively, yet can probably score more. You know, I think Gonzaga can clearly score more, but, you know, can Gonzaga defend Houston? They play so hard. They're such a tough team. Um, I mean, again, I I feel like anybody, and it just sounds like a stock answer, but you could get knocked off tonight. You could win the whole thing. They're good enough for you. They're good enough to win the whole thing. They have enough question marks where they could get knocked off wow. tonight. Talking to Dave Pash, uh, Dave, we'll switch over to the Suns here for a minute, and this is, um, I don't know, I guess it kind of does feel like the low point of the season, just with the way the uh, officiating has been controversial to the Suns, and Kevin Durant is still not playing, and they've lost five to six, uh, but at the same time, you get Kevin Durant back, everything just flips instantly. Where are you uh, at as far as the Suns here heading into the final ten games? Well, I did the Dallas Golden State game the other night. So, in terms of officiating, I don't know that I've ever seen something as as crazy and as uh, where you had more people perplexed at what actually was going on. It, it, it seems like now things have been cleared up as to what really happened, but it left a lot of us confused. And you know, I didn't get to see a ton of the Suns game after because we, you know, just by the time we got back, uh, I did see some of it. And I understand, you know, Monty's point on the disparity with the free throws, and I get it completely. Without Kevin Durant, I mean, they're they're a good team. They're not a championship team. It's kind of like right now the Warriors without Andrew Wiggins. Um, yeah, I know that sounds wild, but when you think about what Wiggins did defensively last year for them in the playoffs, I mean, I did a Warriors game last week where Steph went for 50 and they lost. Um, it, it, it's The Suns are similar. Um, they need all hands on deck. So many of these teams need all hands on deck. Like the, the Mavs trade for Kyrie Irving and automatically they're better offensively and there's games where both guys could get 40 and did. But they're three and six together. Well, why? They, they traded Dorian Finney-Smith, who is an excellent defensive player. They don't have a lot of other great defenders. The Suns traded Mikel Bridges, who's an excellent defensive player. And, you know, without him and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, you know, you're, you're down on that side of the ball. So you could have Booker have an amazing night and other guys step up offensively and you still might not win the game. But when you bring a player back like Kevin Durant, who's good on both ends, who makes you better on offense and just changes your whole team, no, it's a long answer, but I just don't know that these this losing skid that they're on really matters once he comes back. I mean, I I had them, you know, in Dallas when he played, and I mean, it just makes such a difference. I still think with a healthy Kevin Durant, they're they're good enough to win the West. I'm not sure about the whole thing because I think Milwaukee's the best team, but. I still think they're good enough to get through if Kevin Durant's healthy, but obviously that's that's not a given because you know the accident that happened before the game. You just, you just don't know you know what might befall him again in, in the yeah. playoffs if something like that happens. Can they survive in a series if KD's hurt and misses two games? I'm not sure they can. So, David, tell me quickly about the Arizona Cardinals offseason right now. Your thoughts on it, generally speaking, and specifically, where do you think D Hop might go if he is traded? On the last one, I've, I have no idea, uh, you know, where D-Hop would go. Um, if he goes, 
I'm sure a lot of it comes down to what you can get for him at this point. In terms of, in general, the offseason, Wolf, probably like you, I'm, I'm still kind of waiting to see, like, okay, what's, what's the full plan? You know, this is a plan that is in motion. It's a new plan with uh, new leaders. It's in motion. What's the end game? And I don't think we're going to know at the end of this offseason. Does that make sense? Like, this is... I'm not saying at all this is a rebuild because nobody rebuilds in the NFL. You can win. You can be, you know, have four win one year and 12 the next. So there's there's no such thing as rebuilding to me in the NFL because if you got a quarterback, you got a chance to have a quarterback assuming he's healthy. Um, so I, in no way do I see this as a rebuild at all. Um, it just we don't know how this plan is going to play out, and it may take a couple of years before we say, okay, aha, I see all the the things that they're doing, whether it's fixing the cap, the type of players they're targeting, um, the draft picks that they're accumulating or uh, free agents that they're going after. I I just feel like it's going to take some time before we really say, okay, that's what the plan was and did it work out or did it not work out? But it's way too early to make any sort of judgment on what they're doing because, again, the plan is underway, but it's going to take a while before it comes to its fulfillment. Dave Pash, great stuff as always. I'll make sure Wolf gets you lunch, all right? Yeah, yeah, we know that's not going to happen, Luke. So that's, I kind of just threw it out there to make him feel a little yes, guilty. Yes, it will. Uh, but uh, well, I have to get a, a return text uh, for it to happen. And true. I'm not confident of that either. Stop it. So. <laughs> David, thank you, Thanks, man. Dave. Love you. All right. See you guys. Take care. All right, you too. That's Dave Pass joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back, the one thing the Suns wanted to avoid this season is exactly what's happening. How quickly can KD swing their fortunes? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, thanks to Dave Pash for joining us. Thanks to uh, Luis Gonzalez and K-Ray for joining us as well. Wolf, one of the things K-Ray said right at the end of uh, his time with us in the last hour was his worry that Devin Booker is playing so much right now and so much is being asked of Devin Booker. Maybe it's not even so much the minutes, it's just everything that's being asked. Hey, Book, can you just do uh, everything, please? Can you score 46 and that won't be enough for us to win, so maybe next time could you score 50? Yeah. Uh, no, by the way, the officials are telling you that you can get hit in the face and it'll be a foul on you. Can you work that out, too? <laughs> that was so unbelievable. Yeah. That was that was the height for me. That was the height of all of it. The 46 free throws, all of it, the disparity on the line, how bad it's been, especially as of late over the last couple of games. 82 free throw attempts against the Suns, and they only, t- what, they, they had 38. That was 38 more than what the Suns 82-44. Yes. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. That's brutal. That has all cost Monty Williams $20,000 and a couple games, too, so I'm sure he's real pleased right now. <laughs> sure, that's, that's the sort of uh, text from the league you never want to get. Yeah, right. Your star getting whacked in the face, yeah. and he gets, fall- he gets called for the offensive foul. Okay. Booker's going to get hit in the face. We're going to call the foul on him. You're going to have to use your challenge, and we're going to fine you $20,000. What else you got? That's great. Uh, this, though, is uh, James Jones. Well, because I want to finish the thought on, on, on one thing K Ray said was uh, Booker and, and Chris Paul, the, so much is being asked of them. 
This is a test of the emergency alert system. This is only a test. There, I think we're actually clear of that test. We were only testing. Oh, you're the voice again coming um, off after the test. It's just so weird. That's why this this has happened to us a couple of times recently. I, I thought, honestly, not? that they were um, playing a, a bit for the uh, uh, for talking about the Suns. Like, okay. This is only a test. You know, You've I, lost five of I, six. I, I this is only a test. I for the guy to come on and say, if this were an actual test, right? Yeah, that could be you. They tell you what you. to do. I know. Yeah. So anyway, you don't know what to do. You, you were making a point before you were so rudely interrupting. <laughs> I just... I remember Chris Paul at the start of the season saying one of their biggest goals was get through the regular. I remember Chris Paul saying, we learned last year the regular season really doesn't mean all that much. In terms of they won 64 games. It got them nothing. Right. So the goal this year was to win games, obviously, and put yourself in in the best possible position going into the playoffs, but loosen the load on Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And the exact opposite is what's happening right now. Those two are being asked to do almost everything. Now, James Jones on with Burns and Gambo uh, yesterday was asked if just adding Kevin Durant back into the mix is going to fix everything. Yeah, it it fixes some. Um, You know, the other things are, you know, the the fouling, um, the turnovers. Uh, I think a lot of that is just guys ex- doing more than than normal, and also teams uh, attacking us in certain ways. Um, it's not going to fix everything, but anytime you get a player of Kevin's caliber back, it, it fundamentally shifts and changes your team. It's interesting. He didn't say the officiating. He said the fouling. Yes. Which I think, A, was intentional, and B, reiterates where James Jones' mindset is on this now. What do you mean by that? Well, because if you say the officiating, A, you might get fined $20,000. <laughs> but B, it's just like, oh, it, it's it's taking on a victim mentality. Well, this is an obstacle because we're being officiated so poorly. He said the fouling. And, it, and if you heard the whole interview with Burns and Gambo, he pointed out, we can fix the fouling. We can't do anything about them not calling fouls on the other team when Booker gets fouled, but we can fix what we're doing defensively. Yeah, you know, just listening to James Jones, I, I love it. It really it reminds me so much of what it was like to be a player and it's so fascinating to me to see that he's a general manager here he is an NBA executive of course and the way he speaks it it just drips of a player's mentality and it's one of the things that I absolutely love and appreciate about James Jones so much like not giving his players an out yeah, it's bad. There's no doubt. It is the the free throw disparity for the Suns. I, I don't know what to say about it. I, I've never seen anything like it. When you've got a guy like Devin Booker. Oh, by the way, the Lakers didn't have LeBron James. They didn't. And they had guys who haven't done anything in this league who had more free throws than Devin Booker in a half. And there were five guys that had more free throws than Devin Booker. And I'm thinking to myself, what, what, it, what is going on? It, it, it drives me crazy to see it happening. But at the same time, I love the fact James Jones will not give his players an out. It's about you and your job. You control what you can, can, you can control. You do it. Don't worry about anyone else and what's going to happen. You can only do what you can do. 
That's the correct answer. That's the right mentality to have. And that's what the Suns have got to get back to. It's the door out. It is. This is the exit from this dark, cold room that they're in right now. It's the realization that they hold the key to changing it. Play better defensively. Don't turn the ball over. Stop with the turnovers and play better defensively. That's the only way out. You mentioned LeBron in there. That's another player, another big player, obviously, that a team is missing. You know, the Clippers are now missing Paul George. The Lakers have been missing LeBron for a little bit. And now in there, and there's maybe getting some news that he might come back for the final week of the regular season, but they are, they are lit. Actually, in survival mode, the Suns are in. Okay, let's stay out of the play-in mode. The Lakers may miss the play-in entirely. There's quite a few players, big-name players, that are missing games right now in this uh, playoff race. Jay Williams, who's on our show uh, typically every Tuesday, was talking about it on his show earlier today, and he said, "Let's not get confused by this, though." Kevin Durant's still the player that's missing right now that will have the biggest impact when he gets back. You can talk about the struggles. You can talk about the lack of depth for the Phoenix Suns. You can talk about CP3 and his age. You can talk about Devin Booker putting up numbers. But Kevin Durant not only is one of the top two players in the game of basketball. I'll have Giannis number one. I'll have KD number two. But KD is the personality trait that is missing from the Phoenix Suns. He is the person that is feared the most in the NBA because of what he brings to the table. You can parachute him into any offense, and he is seamless. And Devin Booker and CP3, they all know it. When KD is on the floor, that team has a chance to be the most lethal team in the NBA. Okay, I have to ask. See, there it is, I, Did you hear what he said at the end? Where KD's the player that's feared the most? Yeah. Do you think that's because you asked him earlier this week, does anybody fear the Suns? <laughs> Could have been right there, maybe, but See, this is the reason why you say, is this a must win? No, it isn't. <laughs> and I, you know, immediately you start going, well, well when is it going to be a must win? <laughs> and although I'll be honest, I, I didn't even have that thought that this is a must win. I, I, and, well, you know. I mean, I, I have the thought if you want to stay out of the play-in, and if they lose tonight and tomorrow, there's a good chance they're in the play-in when we come in here on Monday. But you can get back out of it. Sure. But I think this team needs a win. I I believe um, you may not have been thinking that, but I think there's a lot of people out there that believe you've got to start winning games at some point in time. And this would be a really good time to start doing it. But for me, again, this is you've got Kevin Durant. And whenever Kevin Durant gets back, whenever he's healthy, he's ready to go, and he's playing, that makes the Phoenix Suns immediately, immediately a threat to win the Western Conference. Let me ask you this. Okay, it doesn't matter what they're up against it at doesn't. that point in time. But if I told you, if I told you, okay, the, the, the play-in is starting tomorrow, and the Suns are in it, but Kevin Durant's coming back tomorrow. You're going to be confident that they would win the game, but how confident, right? Because it's a one and done and it's his first game back. I know, I know. That's great. But, you know, does my confidence level matter? You know what I mean? Does it matter? Because there's a lot of times I was really, really confident going into a game. Like Tennessee over (laughs) FAU. Watching Tennessee. Oh, my goodness. They're going to kill Florida Atlantic. Nope. As we all know, 
They're going to, oh, 22 points in the first. Well, they only scored 27 themselves in the first. But still, you get my point. I was so confident Tennessee was going to win that game. What does that matter, my confidence level? It really matters what the Suns think. So we can debate that. What do you think the Phoenix Suns are thinking right now as a team? Because guess what? They're in a tailspin. That's what I worry about. Not KD, but the guys around KD. It just feels like you're having a. Everybody's had this, right? You just have a bad day. Nothing's going right at work. Get home, like something breaks. Like just nothing. You just you you need a win, and it just feels like the Suns just need a win. Not because their season's ruined if they lose to Sacramento. It's just more like they just need. You just need to win. You need something positive to build off of at this point because you don't have it. What's it going to do for their confidence? That's what I want to know. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Pro days are going on, and one player, the the Cardinals, have been eyeing closely. Maybe the Suns have been looking at him, too. Spoke at his. We'll tell you who and what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Oh, it's almost like Maloney's here. Was that? She, she worked some of her music in from. Oh, okay. I, saw, I don't want to yeah, say where she is, but she's obviously not here. Yes. With no lyrics. <laughs> Her music has lyrics, just that particular rejoin does not. Oh, I see. Uh, I'm going to play this clip for you. I should almost just play it and not even tell you who it is, and you have to guess who it is. That'd be a great game <laughs> that we may start playing on a Friday <laughs> afternoon, but I'm not going to do it here because it's a, it's a draft prospect, so that might be a little bit tough. But So it is Will Anderson. Okay, cool. At his pro day, and they were like, okay, Will, what makes you tick, okay? Really just my love for the game. And I know it's kind of cliche, but like, when they say, Will, what separates you from everybody? And I said, everybody can go out there and get sacks. Everybody can go out there and make tackles. But everybody don't got what Will Anderson beating his chest. Yeah. Like my heart, my mentality that I have, I feel like that's what separates me from everybody. So that's what keeps me going. The love, the passion, you know, what the game brings, the process day in and day out. Um, that's what, you know, what makes me tick and what makes me want to keep going. What are you saying, Will, that you don't play in a game when you play the game of football? You're playing it for something else? Is that what you're saying, Will? There's something bigger at stake for you every time you step in between those white lines? Is that what it is? You love the game so much? There's something that you're doing psychologically to get yourself ready to play in a football game, but it's not a game to you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, that might that's be, the answer I want. That that might be what you heard. What I heard was anybody could go get sacks, which to me <laughs> makes me think, hey, there's still a chance for me. I didn't realize anybody could go get that. <laughs> no, look. That, I love that, man. That's so good. That message from him is consistent with what we've heard about him, too. You know, And that's consistent with the, the message he has given off a few times now. So I tend to believe, having never met the guy myself, that there's something to it. And it's not just, I'm going to say this because this is what people want to say. Because honestly, if you were going to say what you thought people wanted to hear, it would be like, well, because I'm faster than everybody or because, you know, I, I do this better than anybody. Or nobody, nobody has the, the you know, intensity that yeah. I have. It, you wouldn't necessarily go with that answer. But we have heard that about Will Anderson a lot now. I've said it for many, many years. If you want to get good at playing the game of football, my young crunk brothers, take your performance personally. 
take the game personal to yourself. And you will. If you take it personally because you got lambasted by somebody and you didn't like getting lambasted by somebody in front of everybody, you'll go out and you'll do everything you can not to get lambasted in front of everybody. You'll do it. Football is a great game because if you just try harder, if you just try harder, you'll do better at the game of football. You can't, you can't necessarily say that about every sport that is out there. Just try harder to hit the baseball. Will <laughs> Swing you harder. You know what I mean? But if you just try harder to block that guy, guess what? A lot of times it helps you if you just try harder. Many, many times on a football field, if you just will try as hard as you possibly can, you're actually going to do better. And that's why I love the game. I love the game because of that. It's not an all-the-time thing, of course. Skill does matter. There's no doubt about that. You've got to have a requisite amount of talent. But having said that, if you just try harder, many times you'll do better in the game of football. And Will Anderson tries hard. I feel like Will Anderson consistently gives the answers that Wolf likes. Like I heard that I was like, alright, this is perfect for Wolf. It's so much better than if his answer were say this, Wolf. Tell me how these randoms keep getting jobs. Don't worry about it. I'm going to say I can't wait to say oh, I love it. I feel like I need to hear from Cam Newton once every day at this point. <laughs> Talking about the randoms. Cam, okay, we love we all love Cam Newton right now, but dude, we're we're just kind of laughing. Well, that's what he that. said at his pro day. Exactly. Or the Auburn right. pro day, I should say. Do we actually have what Nick Saban? Do we have any sound of Nick Saban? I don't think we can play that yeah, yeah. on the air. Well, I think you can, can't can you? you? Anytime I, I we have to have a discussion can. of if you can or not, it feels like something well, you should okay, discuss off Nick the air Saban first. Nick Saban actually called him a dog. A dog yes. bot. Only use the A word. Let it Which you might be able to use, but well, I don't know that you I, can. Of course you can. I've heard it all the time. On the air, on just the, constantly. Yeah, on, on the air. Well, here, if you say it, and then we that. see management come running down the hall, I'll know, okay, yeah, you well, can't say it. Speaking of, there's. Yeah, he appeared Sean one right second now. later. He, he, he appeared he's in as if out of thin right air. Now. <laughs> um, you know, you had Nick Saban saying, this guy is a dog bot, ladies and gentlemen. and um, Competitor. He threw competitor. Competitor in the end, too. Yeah, but that's what a dog is to me immediately. Okay, but maybe that's not what it is to Nick. Well, okay, great. Um, Maybe to you. You wanted to hear him say competitor. Well, I mean, based on what I've heard about Nick Saban, sometimes he wants guys to take plays off in practice. First of all, don't put yourself into the category of Nick Saban. No, but I'm using your story of your first-hand account of Nick Saban. Okay, Nick is, he's got a lot of old school in him. He's got an awful lot of old school that is in him right now, and yet he appreciates the new school as well. But there is a lot of dog in Will Anderson. And that's the reason why I love the kid. You watch him play. Mel Kuyper came out and said, and Mel Kuyper is a guy you know that watches an awful lot of tape. Came out and said the kid never takes a playoff. He doesn't. And for me, that's exactly how I feel about him as well. As confident as you could feel about 
if you if you just stay at three and take Will Anderson, as confident as you could feel about, okay, if if the Cardinals do that, they're getting themselves a legit player. Yes. That's about where I am with Will Anderson now. Yes. And it's never a guarantee that's the NFL draft. I get that, but he seems to have the mental makeup and he obviously has the physical makeup and he obviously has done it on the field at the highest level of college football. So if it is simply the Cardinals can't move that pick for what they want or they decide they want to stay there or they move down one spot and get Will Anderson, I'm going to be happy with that. Here's the... Will Anderson Jr., Edge, Alabama. Will Anderson, a beast, a monster, a machine. That's how the edge rusher was described while at Alabama. The two-time All-American finished his college career with 34 and a half sacks, 62 tackles for loss, and more than 200 quarterback pressures over three seasons. He is widely considered the best defensive player in this year's draft. Anderson makes game-changing plays in the run game and as a pass rusher and with an intensity that will make Wolf proud. Scouts would like to see a more consistent motor all the way through the play, but they believe his athleticism and his will could lead to a Pro Bowl career. NFL comp soon to be Hall of Famer Demarcus Ware. I caught myself off with the draft capsule there. Yeah. <laughs> I fired it while I was talking. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love the kid right now, but they're, they're going to have to draft him at number four. They're going to have to because he's not going to be there at number three because the Cardinals any... won't be oh, okay. there. I was going to say, <laughs> okay. I, if you can do that in the draft, this this changes everything. I'm just telling you right now, I, that, that's how confident I am, again, that the Colts are going to move up to number three because they have no choice. If they love one of those three quarterbacks, if they love one of them, they have no choice. And that's the problem. That's a bad spot for them to be in. Yeah. It is. Because if they love one of those three quarterbacks, they have no choice but to get to number three. You hate being in the spot the Cardinals are in because of how just miserable last season was. But when you are picking at the top of the draft and you already have your quarterback, it it puts you in such a unique (sighs) situation of advantage just for that moment. Because the Cardinals, if they want, will get the best player that's not a quarterback in this draft. And a lot of people just believe Will Anderson is the best player. Yeah. But they can also, they really, especially thanks to the Bears for making that trade so early, the Cardinals really control a lot of the draft right now, at least until they either trade the pick or just make the pick. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks are heading to Chase Field for one night only December 8th. Tickets go on sale today at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair of tickets by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, how big of a problem has officiating been, not just for the Suns, but the entire NBA? We got one quote that's going to put it in perspective for you, and it, it's it's not from a son. That's uh, that's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, if I don't know about you, kind of sick of talking about officiating. Yeah, big time. I'm guessing the NBA is probably sick of it being a topic, too, although maybe other 
than finding Monty Williams. They should figure out a way to make it better. I don't know. Yeah. That's just my suggestion. This is uh, Tom Haberstroh on the Dan Lebitard show yesterday just talking about the view of officiating around the whole league. We had Dave Pash on earlier, and he referenced that he was calling the game the other night, that Dallas-Golden State game, that really weird play where they didn't tell supposedly oh, didn't tell Dallas yeah. who had the ball and it was just Golden State just yes. get the free and they won the game by two. Um, it's not. It was Fred Van Vliet just going off a little while back. So here's Haberstro today talking about it. Yeah, I just got a text from an executive who said the officiating has been embarrassing all season. Um, that this is not an anomaly. What we saw last night where Josh Hart is calling out the officials on a Jimmy Butler non-call. You had Luka Doncic, one of the biggest stars in the world. Like he's doing a money sign, a money gesture at an official on national TV in a game. Mark Cuban is filing a protest on a game because of a botched call or miscommunication in the third quarter. Um, and then you had an official who's been in the spotlight over the past couple weeks because of the Fred Van Vliet thing, the rant. That official had to admit to a blown call at the buzzer with two teams that are fighting for playoff position. Like, what happened last night to me feels like like an officiating Armageddon where every game it seemed like things were going awry. But if you talk to executives and players and coaches, this has been going on all season. The trust that these players and teams and coaches and executives have with officiating I think it's as low as it's been uh, since I've been covering league. Right, before we get into a lot of what he said right there, why is Luca making a money gesture at an official? Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, I, I see Luca, and I'm like, was he saying like, did you get my money? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the one person in the league who cannot so complain about officiating. It. What? What? What is the money gesture right I, here? I guess Just he was the in, moving of your thumb over your first two fingers, like you know what I mean. Yeah. You're, you're maybe he was some, doing the Johnny Manziel thing, wasn't that his his old? Okay, sign? maybe yeah. maybe you're peeling. I, I don't know. He got fined thirty five thousand dollars. It was the money right yeah. there. Yeah, money, money, money. He actually got fined for that today. Yeah. He. Got got fined $35,000 for making a money gesture towards the referees on Wednesday night. Okay, so that's what he, he did. He should have had actual money in his okay, hand. He should have just handed them the money. Yeah, it makes perfect sense because that is the last thing Adam Silver or any of the NBA owners want you to think of, that somehow, some way, Tim Donahue lives. Right? That, that That is going to happen again. And now, in this day and age where you can gamble, gambling is just so commonplace now. You know there's no way in the world they're going to let officials gamble, though. There's no way in the world they're going to let referees gamble. They're no, not going to do it. But you need, you know, for all the, the stuff that gets talked about over the course of the season, oh, this has got to be Adam Silver's, you know, biggest nightmare. Teams teams not trying at the end of the season. And so they put in the play-in tournament to, to make sure more teams are, you know, invested on both sides of that. Either you're a playoff team that maybe you wouldn't care about the last 10 games because you're a playoff team, and now you have to worry about dropping into the play-in, or you're the 13th seed and you have a chance to get back in it is that or you know i know adam silver doesn't like the the load management where a team comes to town one time and everybody buys tickets to see that the best player on that team he doesn't even play for no reason but this is the biggest one like you would think they would be the most sensitive to wow if everybody not everybody but if i mean they just find monty williams and luca today yes right that's not going to solve your problem <laughs> you need to get these games officiated better and that's and Fred Van Vliet got fined, obviously too, for the stuff he said. Um, that was that was a little while back. But like this, 
this is not an image that the NBA needs because of the name you just mentioned, Tim Donahue from whatever yeah, that was 15, right. 20 years ago. Right. What do you do about it? That is the question that you have to ask. What do you do about this? Why is it so bad? If it's, if it's legitimate and it feels like it's legitimate this year, more so than any other year, this year it does feel that way. Now, maybe that's because we're right here in Phoenix and we've got a front row seat to a lot of what's going on and because of the recent disparity that we have seen with the free throws. And the sun's being called for fouls as well. I, I Look at it's it's a tough question to answer when you think about it outside of the Phoenix Suns. I think it's easy. When you focus on the Phoenix Suns right now, I think I think the Suns don't have a physical reputation and that hurts them. It does. But that right there is is part of the issue, I think. And and, and I'm just using the Suns as an example because you just used it and because obviously we're most familiar with that. But like that Booker play from the other night, yeah. didn't it, it? It felt like to make a call that bad, you almost you're looking at the play, looking for something to happen. You're talking about where he got hit in the face, yes, and, and got called for, got it, called for yeah. an yeah. offensive foul. And, and I know that hasn't it doesn't just happen to Devin Booker. I really haven't seen that happen to anybody, but I mean it happens. There's going to be bad calls. Yeah, like for this to get resolved, we're going to have to meet in the middle with the sense that NBA officiating is never going to be perfect, but it. The NBA side of it, they you need to get that mindset out of like, well, this is what I think is going to happen on this play, so I'm already reaching for the whistle. Like, yeah. Why don't you watch and see what actually happens? Why don't we have them be accountable after a game where there's horrible officiating, where maybe they have to answer some questions instead of just being like, eh, talk to you later. Yeah, I know. that. I don't know about that, Luke. That seems a little dicey right there. How do you fix this? Uh, you train these guys better? Is that it? You would think, you would hope, they're already training them as well as they possibly can. When it's a league-wide issue and it's not just the Suns, when it's when you have people all across the league complaining, and obviously Tom Haberstroh doesn't work for or even cover the Suns, you know, that clip we just played, he's talking about sure. the whole NBA being upset about this. It's going to hit a boiling point in the playoffs. I, I, I know, but I'm like, how do you fix it? Because here's the thing, you could say, well, stop blowing the whistle. Yeah, but what if it's a foul? What if it is a foul? Stop blowing the whistle. It, 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 it hurts you if you're blowing the whistle or hurts you if you're not blowing the whistle. Yeah. It's not a, it's, it's not an easy fix. It's but awful. It when you have when you have something and again I'm just using the Suns as an example, but when you have something where what is what is Chris Paul's record in games where Scott Foster officiates? Oh yeah. Like stuff that's, like that. That's not good. It's gotta be more than just, well, you know, the Suns gotta figure it out. Maybe you gotta talk to Scott Foster and be like, um, are you going into these games expecting something to happen? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. It's, there's not a simple solution. The best one I have heard is some level of accountability where they actually have to answer questions after a game where they've really messed up. Yeah. What about this right here? What if you went ahead and you put these guys in full body suits? You know what I mean? Like these, these leotard suits that they wear. Okay. Underneath, underneath, of course, right? Where, where you can, you could actually record every one of their movements. You know, with the next gen stats and what they have right now, the sensors they put on like these when guys. they when they're programming for NBA so, 2K. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. What, what if you were to do that? Put on these these full body suits that have them all wired up, and let them play. And it could be very very um, 
Uh, it could be a situation where it didn't necessarily have to be intrusive either. You could do it with a full body suit. You could have sensors throughout the whole suit, and then you could f- you could call it that way. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put that in the negative column. <laughs> it's going to take that and put it right over here. But you know how crazy it is. How do you fix this? I, I don't know how you fix it. How it, do you fix it? it? It admittedly feels weird talking about something where there isn't like a clear solution. You know what I mean? Be better isn't really a solution, but you and I are also not getting paid what Adam Silver is getting paid, which I know it's not as much as Roger Goodell, but it's probably more than you or I get to run the NBA. And to me, this is their biggest uh, issue right now. Yeah, and you can see it's one of the reasons why professional sports leagues were just so absolutely terrified about gambling and the way they used to crack down and still crack down on gambling. Because if there's one thing that could undermine a sport, it's gambling. And it's the fact that the fix is in. That could, more than anything else, that kind of damage can destroy an entire league. Well, and the way this season is going now, somebody's going to get eliminated from the playoffs and maybe more than one team is going to to feel like they got taken out because of bad officiating and make a huge deal out of it. And honestly, at this point, Wolf, it might not even be that bad in that series. You know what I mean? Like if the Suns again, Suns as the example, if they went out and lost a game seven where the where the officiating was just a little bit off, it's yeah. never perfect. We're all going to lose our minds because of what's been building all season. It's true. So it's a great spot for the league to be in, right? No, no. yeah, it, it's it's nasty. It really is. I'd hate to be Adam Silver because he's got a lot of issues. He's got a face. And the only way to do it is do it head on. I would take one of Adam Silver's checks, though. I'd be Adam Silver long okay, enough to get the, nice right the direct there, deposit. You get my point. Yes, no, I'm, um, I'm he's got you. a lot of PR problems that he's got to get resolved at some point in time. The, and I don't know. You already talked about this. But players and load management is maybe the least of them. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy when you think about how, how much you know that bother, bothers uh, Adam Silver because he's brought it up on multiple occasions. Coming up next... Could this D-backs team surprise some people this season? We had Luis Gonzalez on the show earlier, and and he added to that. Yeah, so we're going to react to some of what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.